You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. A kiss, as defined by Dan Webster, is something pleasing, a caress, a gentle touch. But there's another kiss that isn't in Webster's. Hey world, we're kids! Some critics say they don't make music, they just make noise. Yeah, kiss! Kiss implies the extreme in the theatrics on stage, utilizing fire and smoke and bizarre costumes and the ever-consistent, constant concealment of their true identities. Speaking of which, Kiss is going to have its own comic book soon. Take Kiss with you. It's fun. Show your friends and be the first. Now. And welcome once again to No Time to Turn, a Kiss Nerd Podcast. The nerds. Everybody's favorite disgruntled nerd podcast. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> People are, I, I just wonder, it's like, uh, I've seen some uh, stuff online now where uh, I've gotten some friend requests from people that have, that are you know are requesting me because they listen to the program mm-hmm. which is cool it's really cool yeah but i'm wondering if they're just like wait a minute fuck this guy <laughs> <laughs> i had the wrong this, one I, I keep having this hope that you're gonna hit me up one day going dude they're talking about us on kiss fq and man they, they hate, fucking you. hate you man <laughs> You're wanting that? You know what? I like I said before hey, on another episode. Love, man. I, I just don't relate to the to the Kiss fan base. We're nothing man. but love. They love you. They get you. They yeah. understand you. I think you. there's a sizable. He speaks the truth. I think there's a part of the fan base that agree with my attitude, my approach, or yeah. whatever, because they feel like I do. Well, they appreciate the fact that you know we're not ass kissers. We just see it how it is, and and, and, and you've even got someone like me that'll even stand up to certain aspects and be like, "Well, coming from right. the younger fan." Right. Base, right. This is more forgivable than someone that I grew up with. I don't think of it. Kiss fans as ass kissers. I just think of them as holy. Certain apathetic. ones can. Yeah, but I think of them largely as just apathetic. They've they've been bludgeoned with this stuff, and they've allowed themselves to be bludgeoned, and they accept it, which says a lot about. We'll talk about this because yeah. this this, well, this plays into what we're going to talk about today, yeah. which is the Sonic Boom album. Boom. Uh, but before we get there, let's let's start this with. Um, we're going to start with uh, uh, something that Kiss do in the spring of 2009, May of 2009. They do an appearance. This is this is an important thing to note because this is kind of a big deal because it's it has been and remains a very popular television show. They appear on American America's Got Talent. Yeah. Or American Idol. American Idol. Uh, America's Got Talent. They did Same American thing. Idol later. Which one is it? They, they did, did Adam American, Lambert. They did, that was American Idol, and that was way later on, wasn't it? No, this it? is May 2009. They do American Idol with Adam Lambert. See, I get these shows mixed up because I don't watch them. I know they're popular. Yeah, I know that people well, talk about them. This era, there's a it, lot of like major TV appearances this, they get to. Well, this is probably the biggest. I mean, this is a high-profile spot. Oh, this is why I'm getting confused. They have to go back on American Idol again. Okay. That's why I'm getting confused. Because well, I remember they announced the end of the road tour on something like that. Well, that's, that's what way maybe, later. Yeah, that's what that's yeah. why I was like, no, not that. This is two thousand nine. And, yes. and Adam Lambert doesn't win the contest, but I mean I think he's the guy that everyone remembers from this season that's of the kind show. Of what happens Which usually with American it's, Idol, like the like runner the, up yeah, gets more success. Yeah. And he, of course Adam Lambert goes on to be the singer for for queen queen well queen and adam queen lambert, and adam lambert. Yeah. They, queen does it right see there's yeah. an example of a group that goes okay it's not really queen but the 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 two guys from queen the the bass player doesn't participate but he's signed off on it says yes go do it but they don't call it 
Queen with Adam they just, Lambert. Yeah, they just don't it's call it Adam Queen. Lambert and Queen. Yeah. yeah. Before that, it was Queen and Paul Rogers, but right. that was that the, was weird too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, at least they're, they're creating a differentiation, and it respects the integrity of the original band. And I totally agree. And I think that's the way you do this stuff. I mean, anyway, whatever. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> so Kiss decide they're going to make a new album in an era where the Kiss fan base. All right, so this is. 2009, right? Yeah, spring of 2009, going into the summer. And I'm an early 20. I'm uh, kind of fresh off of my not fresh off my excitement. This is a couple years after the uh, Kissology releases, where uh, my fandom starts to decline. I'm getting into music like say the Stooges and Velvet Underground mm. and stuff like that. Meanwhile, Kiss stuff that's got a little bit more raw power behind it. Exactly, and bands like Kiss <laughs> no and Aer- pun intended, right? <laughs> and then bands like Kiss and Aerosmith are kind of on my back burner of taste because you know that not it's not a similar uh a sentiment that isn't much different from you know guys that were my dad's age you know they everybody kind of got to a point where they were sick of bands like kiss and aerosmith every day on classic rock radio and always going on tour and playing the same songs over and over again well to a point the stated intent for this is to recapture that vibe and energy and sound of the original band of course which is to me kind of a desperation move saying you're out of shots yeah you know, um, I especially say, when you've got replacement members. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you, I don't know, it it ultimately means that the new guys aren't allowed to demonstrate who they are or how they do their shit. Instead, they've been hired to put their hand in a glove that probably really doesn't fit them very well. And although you th- reenact what came before, you don't think Tommy and Eric were kind of excited about the idea of making a classic kiss, kiss i'm sure they record. were but so don't they get writing credits and stuff too oh yeah i'm yeah, probably but um well see i remember where i was when all this was happening this happened at a weird time for me because yeah my kiss fandom had kind of waned as well i was leaning a lot more in my punk roots I was even finding a lot more stuff like you'll start rolling your eyes here, but I was finding a lot more stuff like offspring and bad religion and stuff like that. So I was kind of finding like a, a new little nook and cranny of the punk scene. I had not really found before. And at this point I was living in Virginia, Roanoke, Virginia with my stepfather, Eric. And we, I was just now starting to kind of go out and play with shows. Now all of a sudden I'm getting the news that, a new Kiss album is on the horizon. Some weird thing ticked with me where I was like, this is weird. Like, like I'm starting to do shows and now like Kiss has a new album they're starting to talk about. Like, it, it felt weird. Like, I remember that being impressionable. Hmm. Like, as soon as I was getting ready to start really going out and playing music, Kiss was also making a new album. So that was very weird. I was well, kind of, yeah, I don't remember being excited about it. You know, it was like, oh, Kiss is about to put out a record. That's weird. With Tommy and Eric? Yeah, weird. Well, you know, and what they're trying to do, Alice Cooper had tried to do the same thing. He made uh, a couple albums in the early aughts. Oh, Dirty Diamonds in the Eyes of Alice Cooper. it's, it's, it's... it's the same attitude with the same mediocre results. Oh, come my on. Uh, no, is, I will not allow you to throw daggers it. at the Dirty Diamonds. It's, here's my problem Dirty with Diamonds it. Dirty Diamonds had some good tracks if you're on gonna, it. If you're going to try to copy the original band, 
get the fucking original band. They're all out there, and they're all of it. The absolutely, band. they're trying to copy that. They're absolutely trying to copy it. But it doesn't sound it. like the original record. Well, I know, because it's like, not the original <laughs> band. But that's what I'm saying, though. I don't even think from a songwriting standpoint they were trying to write songs like the I original they band. Were. They I were just they trying to write were. classic rock records. No, I think they were trying to make a style, a stylistic choice, which is what the, I think so Kiss you is think, trying to do so this, So you too. think even stylistically, you make me want to... The original Alice Cooper band could have written that. That sounds like just a classic rock song Alice Cooper would have written then. I don't think he was writing about his favorite Alice Cooper album. No, seriously, that is like one of my top favorite records. I'm thinking you you say that. I'm thinking under my wheels. Anyway, so I'm serious. I'm just like not as good, not anywhere as good. You can't. It's like it just goes into this kind of idea that it's like. I don't know that they could make a vital rock record anyway because they've already reached a point where they've kind of gone full loop into, you know, that that energy that fed those early records was the fact that they were young and hungry mm-hmm. and, you know, they weren't successful yet. They weren't rich. They weren't being, you know, they they it, it they was it was well a different it was then. a different yeah it was a different it was just a different attitude that went into it here you're trying to adopt a pose of having that attitude but we'll we'll get to that this is recorded at uh, Conway Recording Studios in Los Angeles starting in the May of 2009 with uh, sessions continuing over the summer they're being co-produced by a guy named Greg Collins. Yeah, I looked him up, and uh, I forget. He only had, like, one other major production credit. The main producer on this very proudly was Paul Stanley. Yeah. Yeah, this guy, Greg Collins, they brought in to co-produce. He's got credits that include... U2. Yeah, U2, Matchbox 20, Gwen Stefani. How this qualifies him for Kiss... It's a Paul connection. Is anyone's guess. Well... Like and the, probably uh, that of an accountant, or that probably like, oh, they did a, they had <laughs> He's a cheap. U two had a this, this studio's cheap, or U two had a uh, success with that City of Blinding Lights uh, track in two thousand four. <laughs> but I don't understand. That. After that, it's like, what do they think they're going to try to accomplish with this record? What's the, I mean? I understand they want to go back and capture that classic Kiss vibe. They say that about every fucking album they ever put out. Though they always say, well, this is kind of like Destroyer meets whatever you know it's always destroy your meat something mm-hmm. and it's just like okay <sighs> well don't well, that, as a, that, well, what as have a you cre- got well as a creative don't you uh, have songs you want to get out or do you think at this point even if i'll argue the songs are not really inspired <laughs> well, lyrically here's, at all. here's the difference is the new york dolls reunited in this era and they made new albums but their idea was not to go and go re you know we're not going to try to make a a dolls record like what we did when we were young because in, I mean, they we're, were very explicit about it. We're not those guys anymore. We're going to make the New York Dolls album that we're going to make now. Yeah. And they made a very for. And there's a lot of people that I know that like the New York Dolls that don't like these reunion records. They're good records. Because I said but, so. It's pretty. Yeah, is, is a it's good a good track. record. But they weren't trying to pretend to be something. You know, they weren't trying to go back and go. Oh, it would have been easy to go back and do a paint by number. You know, Dolls imitation. 
but they didn't. And, but a lot of bands were guilty of like being too old to sound some like bands Capture Their Glory like, days. But see, the Stooges did a reunion record. Yeah, I was about to bring the that weirdness. up. The Weirdness in 2003, and that it's, record sucks. It's not good. <laughs> and I love good. the fucking Stooges. But then he did a record called Ready to Die. Which was better. It was just a great record. It didn't and I'm sound like, like old Stooges it, like they were trying to right, do on The Weirdness. There's a lot of acoustic shit on it. You yeah. know, it's like, but they were, tra- it's like, they threw that out the window. And, and, and But David Johansson made a comment I'm pretty sure it was David Johansson talking about it's like why make a new album? He goes because that's that's what I do. Yeah, you know so, I understand that. I understand. Okay, you want to do something new that I don't have a problem with. But when you come in with this again convoluted, I, I use this word a lot, but it's what it is. It's a convoluted idea where you're going to try to pretend to be what you once were. You want to go for that style. You, you're consciously trying to form yourself to something that doesn't exist anymore. It's kind of a bad idea. Now yeah. you got to start second guessing what you're doing but um it is interesting to note that on this album you get more sim and stanley co-writes than any other kiss album yeah <laughs> for whatever good that is i don't know because i we're think gonna... it's honestly because paul was just like no none of these are good i, I have I, to I've tweak gotta, all I've of gotta them i've got to tweak all of them yeah. yeah i don't doubt that because we're let, let's let's go through this now we already want to go through track by track i mean do we have any other in, info leading into this not really uh, leading into it um i will say there was a lot of rumors going around as to what the title was going to be um there's a lot of fake music leaks that were coming around but i will say one of the things that i thought was pretty fun was on I think their Facebook and their actual website, they were posting like video updates from inside the studio. Yeah, you can watch those on YouTube now. Yeah, so you, you, so you can like watch Gene and Tommy like working through a part or like Paul putting down a guitar take. And then sometimes With no it's, wig. <laughs> yeah, and then sometimes it's Paul shooting the video. And it's kind of fun seeing Paul like acting around the guys because – you know, we all know how, you know, rock stars will put on a face even in front of just other people. But we all know that they act up just like the three of us do as soon as these microphones are off and they're saying stupid jokes and, you know, farting and doing all that stuff. Oh, yeah, they're having fun from and the you, looks of and it. And, like, when Paul's shooting video, you see, like, him actually cutting up a little bit and, like, treating them like we're hanging out with the guys. So I will say, they did a good job leading into. To it and the other thing they did i thought that was pretty smart was this was for the very first time since dynasty or actually really since the, uh, the elder and creatures really that they had brand new costumes well that leads into the tour let's talk about the album well first. okay well they, they debuted this before the album oh, came out they? too yeah that they were showing off the costumes. I don't even remember. This is how <laughs> unconsequential this whole thing was. Yeah, I have no Okay, right. well, let's go through track by track if the costumes are, we'll bring it up in the yeah. tour. Uh, first opening Lead song. Lead single. Modern Day Delilah. Um, I have this as, uh, the, I, you know, I, I did my stream of consciousness notes as I listened to this. Yeah. Um, this is a pretty strong opener with a decent riff. Yeah. I, I remember this getting played on, you know, classic rock radio and Did this get played on the radio? It did. I it never, honestly did. I it never, got a little I bit I'd of radio. I stopped listening to radio in 20 years ago. So. <laughs> like like honestly cuz again I was a little bit excited for this record. Like I was kind of seeking it out and yeah, I was listening to our local rock station in Roanoke, Virginia and there was a morning or two the week of when the single came out that they were playing it. Well, this is better than anything they did in the 80s in my opinion. This one song. Yeah. 
And I don't know. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's as strong as some of their '70s stuff, but it's not montage music. Yeah. So it's, it's, this sounds like they're coming out, you know, kind of two fisted. I will say they have the same problems they had in the '80s, though. I think it's a good opener or good intro riff, strong verse. I don't like that chorus of save all the save away modern day Delilah. Well, speaking I don't, of I don't like that. Well speaking of vocal, we mentioned on the last episode how uh, pa- uh Paul's heart uh condition is starting to uh affect his voice and we kind of hear that all over this record starting with this one you hear some smooth it's not really auto-tune i don't think it's, it it's called it's called well there's a specific thing there's a difference there's auto-tuning and there's melodining you still hear the fry well, in his way. voice his voice is still fried but he but they'll do what's called a melodining where they'll he'll have his true voice but it'll come up on a spectrograph mm. and you can grab just certain little segments and pull it and right. that's not really auto-tuning. Auto-tuning is when you have like specific notes pre-programmed okay, in, and okay. it just pulls it no matter what. This is one where you can literally just pull certain words and go, ah, lift this up. Yeah, we're going to pull yeah. that. We're going to smooth this well, out. Well, I have a feeling that that was the primary role of this guy, Gary Co- or Greg Collins. Yeah, <laughs> <Vocal> smoother. <laughs> he, he was going to do the he was going to do the shit work where he had to go and edit and stuff, whereas they weren't going to do that. But no, I do agree. Strong opener. I well, just think it's a weak weak chorus spoiler alert as the kids say spoiler alert this is the best song on this entire fucking album from I might, top to bottom i might disagree with you on that one oh, i, I, I might fine. have a little that's bit okay. of a fighting chance that's, with another that's okay now um, if we as we truck along here i mean i think the song's fine i i have similar sentiments about it than to what Russ has, where it's like it's a yeah. solid riff, and I don't hate the track at I don't, all. I don't hate the chorus. I the see chorus. where you said. It. I mean, they, you know, we've talked about how it seems to always fall off at the chorus for some reason. I don't know why, but I didn't think that one was shame, as bad. shame, shame on you, girl. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, it to me, it's still. It doesn't really feel like classic Kiss, but it's got its own vibe to it, and I yeah. felt like. You know, in retrospect, now after well, we'll talk about it later. But I just feel like if the whole album was as strong as that, it would have been, it would have been okay. Uh, but instead, we go into this first track coming up after called Russian Roulette. Now look, some ladies love me, some ladies don't. <laughs> I know what you want to do, even when you say you won't. All I know you want me. Here. Okay. I know th- okay. I, you got desire. Okay, we- Out of the frying pan. Oh, Jesus Christ. Into the fire. All of, <laughs> all of the Gene songs. Another spoiler alert. All the Gene songs are fucking terrible. terrible. <laughs> fucking terrible. This is a stupid song, and it feels like it's cobbled together from different parts. It's like, oh, I've got this, I've got this, you know. And I wonder if that's the. I mean, is this one of the co writes with Paul? I, uh, I meant yeah. to write this down. I wonder if that's where he goes. We'll take a part of this and take a part of that. And we'll, st-, you know, I will just, say that like it, this is not a good song on any level. I want to hear, and, and th- this one just stuck in me really bad, mainly because it's not goofy sexual Gene lyrics. It's a lyric Gene has never done before, and it just sat so wrong with me the first time I heard it too. I want twenty-year-old Gene to hear himself. Say the line, some ladies love me, some ladies don't. 
I want early Gene Simmons to Kick hear that ass. he wrote that. That is not a Gene song. Gene does know. not write. And, and like the way he even says, he's like, some ladies love me. Some ladies don't. Uh, it's just like, you know, it's just like, oh. You know, it's just like, oh, look at you. It's like, no, that's, a, you're the goddamn god of thunder. You're supposed to be your, no, that's not the way you go about a song like this. Yeah, he, he sings like that a lot on this album where it's like, <laughs> like no demon like, ooh, delivery. Nah, nah, look at me, I'm a Lothario. But no, he's singing not, about a girl not, not liking a, him. It's because you're a fat old you're, man with bad hair You're Christine plugs. 16, you're fucking you know yeah. your ladies plaster room. caster plaster caster maybe, ladies room maybe that's the problem all that shit you're talking about you know okay yeah. nothing to lose she says she didn't want it but she did anyway well, okay you're taking charge of the situation some ladies love me some ladies don't he was, he, he was christine 16 now he's Christy 60. Yeah. Yeah. I don't normally say things like this to women your age. <laughs> but when I saw you coming out when of I saw CVS you out that of, day. When I saw you. Yeah, <laughs> I saw you coming out of the nursing home. <laughs> oh. Oh, baby. Hey, sometimes you got to have McDonald's. When that, when, the, when, that, when that lady bends over, I forget my name because I have dementia. <laughs> Christ. I forget my name because I forgot my meds. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I think that's See, what that's I said a, about Russian roulette. That's a part of the problem with, again, and I mentioned this on the previous episode, that an idea that Johnny Ramone said rock and roll should have a mandatory retirement age because you can't really do stuff like this when you're middle-aged and older. You just sound sleazy or completely just out of touch and disconnected. I want you to put a pin in that because that is going to come full circle the next episode when we talk about Monster because here's the thing. Kiss writes about what they know. And that comes into play by Monster. Okay. Well, Trust me. Well, um, next song, Never Enough. Let's keep this rolling. Oh, you mean Nothing But a Good Time? That's exactly <laughs> what I wrote. <laughs> that is exactly what I wrote. But the thing is, is Nothing But a Good Time has Deuce. They yeah, ripped the beginning yeah, of Deuce. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So kiss wrote deuce in which they rip nothing but a good time and then kiss rips nothing but a good time <laughs> it comes full circle man i don't know i remember when that song came out nothing but a good time and i thought what the fuck is this this is when i was a kid i mean this is this is how deep and hard my cynicism runs right I mean, yeah. it's a 40 year cynicism him. that i'm like what are they doing writing a beer commercial but it's still so weird that the intro is deuce that band yeah. band you don't have to sing it i know it just and that i remember that floored me when the first time i heard this i was like oh it's nothing but good but they ripped from kiss it's come full circle it's that just goes to show it was horrible a complete lack of imagination and 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 probably a lack of ideas they had going into this thing that's my my main problem with these lyrics well everything about even the music on all these songs just sound very like we need to just write something yeah. Just, I've, I've got a riff. It Okay, that's a good riff. Okay, okay, we'll write that. And it's like, it's not a good riff. And it's like, it just underdeveloped it's, stuff. But you're going to say lyrics, what? Oh, well, I was going to say the lyrics just aren't inspired. And it's like, oh, let's write a, uh, let's write, we're going to write an anthem today, guys. Yeah. Is that kind of thing. And it's, it just, yeah, there's no, it feels like there's no inspiration behind any of this. <laughs> uh, next track, Yes, I Know, Nobody's Perfect. No, no, no. And the title perfect. says it all. Now, this one give, gave me whiplash. 
because I will say the start of the song strong as hell great guitar riffs cool verse Gene's lyrics pretty fucking dumb so he and then I'm sorry not to cut you uh, off I'm gonna but, get I, there, but, you, but you saw I was going on this earlier I almost like it was it was on my phone I downloaded an early copy of the record I almost just yanked my headphones out when it get, got to the court because the chorus I'm even like okay whatever no 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 nobody's perfect I'm kind I'm kind of sampling I'm like I'm trying to make myself dig it See, and I wish then, we were on video right now because know, I'm right? sitting here shaking my head like no and then <laughs> no. and then no <laughs> and then he goes and now it's time to take off your clothes <laughs> take them off baby he, oh my god I about ripped the headphones out of my iPod I'm like no he fucking didn't he well, rhymed close with clothes well here's <laughs> the motherfucker i i wrote in my notes i'm like is gene even able to write a song anymore because this Clearly is not. embarrassing this is just embarrassing well see i was kind of falling into at least the group the guitar has a cool groove i like the overall vibe of the song and and his vocal melody is fine like he's still a good singer so like I was trying to make myself like it, but then as soon as the it's time to take but off see, your clothes, but it goes back it's again. Like, it's like his vocals are okay, but it's the way he delivers it. Everything is that ooh la la ooh la. Well, this la, one he's trying to go down in flames. Maybe I'm going in style. And it's, yeah, uh, I mean he's trying a little bit on this. You one. know what's worse than him singing it? <laughs> okay, go, we'll move on. I'm just saying. <laughs> you were proud of that one. Bad enough, man. You were proud worse. of that one. Don't make it worse. You were proud of that one. I'm, oh, I got, I got, that was good. I got a rib you. That was good. I love it. That was good. But, no, but then this next scene, uh, the next song, Stand. It's a bad, you know, Paul Stanley has written I a lot of... I dare... Okay, I, I agree it's a bad song, but I dare anyone to say it's a bad song. It's written about their kids. Oh, that's so sweet. I mean, oh, no, it's it still, still a bad song. <laughs> it's about Nick. It's Jesus about Christ, Evan. I fucking wanted to... This is where I was like... I was like... I had been holding a little bit of hope because I listened to this when it first came out. Yeah. And I had never listened to it since. It's been when it, whenever this so what is that 2010 2000, yeah nine 2009 this came out I thought it was 2010 anyway however long how many years so 12 13 years whatever it's been I've not heard this record and I thought well maybe if I go back and listen to it again I'll be able to hear it in a new way mm-hmm. which has been kind of my attitude towards all the stuff that we've done yeah. yeah but at this point I was like I don't even know if I can finish this record it is so fucking bad. <laughs> This is I, we'll, we'll get there. No, this, I agree. This, stand now, it's, even it's the plotting. harmony breakdown part here is cold fish. Oh, the stand. Yeah, it's. I mean, it they do that shit so fucking well, but the part here is just so stupid. It doesn't. You know, it doesn't. You're not serving nothing with it. You know, kiss. That's one thing that, that you know I've talked about before in the past is like kiss's ability to do the cool beetle harmony stuff, and here. They need parts to do it. You can't just create a part and do a harmony part. It doesn't work, and that's proof. You, yeah. you know, you're just pulling it out of air, and you're just like, "Well, it needs a harmony bar here." Eh. No, it doesn't, and you're going to do it anyway, and it doesn't work. Well, I just needed the delete button. Yeah, well, they didn't. It's there. That's on them. <laughs> uh, hot and cold. So this is like the one that it's cold. It's 
It, it, it should have been just called cold. I mean, like, musically and like with the it's the one Gene song that I could get through without cringing. I don't know so, the verses on the suck when like the guitarist cut out. Just, hey, what's your name? Oh, yeah, it's Depp. I'm not yeah, saying yeah, you're looking the same thing. I'm not saying that it's not a terrible song, but it's one that I could get through and just be like, oh, okay, this maybe could have gotten away as a C track on like rock and roll over or something no, like that. You don't think so? No, fuck no, no. No. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, Russ you is hard vetoing music, you. Music, no. Musically, it probably could have gotten away as a no. C-track on Rock and no. Roll Over. No. <laughs> He's like, I will not. No. You keep that away from my record. <laughs> no. The riff from Modern Day Delilah might. You know what Modern Day Delilah harkens back to for me? And what? I think consciously they did this on purpose. Was that Stole Your Love? It's not the same riff, but it's kind of the same kind of a. It, it misses the attack. The drums yeah, were more dr- like I, I, attacky I, behind. I, I don't it. disagree with yeah. that. I'm just saying, but that. Yeah, but after I, that, you know, I, I think so. I could see it. But I none of this it. other stuff reminds me. You know, it's like if they were trying to go for it, it just didn't. Anyway, all for the glory. This is Eric Singer vocal. I will say, so far, the coolest track on the record. It's got a cool riff. I don't mind Eric's vocals. I don't mind Eric's vocals. I don't either. But this song is so... I mean, and Kiss do some good poppy shit, but mm-hmm. this is just like Kiss goes to Sesame Street. If they, if an- This is horrible. If another band did this, I think it could be all right. Like if Maybe. Eric, if it was like the Eric Singer band or something I like just, that. I don't know, man. I felt like this this had a potential here. It's It's... I hate word. So that chorus is very wordy. Da, it, da, 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 it's da, just too happy. Da, 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 it's da. just too happy. It's like there's a point where it's like you can do a pop thing that still has kind of a, a sneer to it, and that's what they did so good in the past. You know, it is definitely a montage this song. Is so it's all for one, and we're all for the Look at look at your, the way you're <laughs> singing it. And that's, just, and that's why I said it like, like that. <laughs> it's like Sesame Street music. This is my so problem with like. Huh? I think Stan does too. Stand by my side and we'll yeah, make it's it terrible. Through. It's so bad. I'm like, God, my eyes are watering. It stinks. <laughs> Next day. Hey, up, danger you. Danger. Danger me. Us. Danger us. Go. <laughs> It's like throughout the, this era of Kiss, there's been so many moments where I've been like, shut the fuck up, Paul. Jesus <laughs> danger Christ. Danger you. Danger me. Danger us. Who thought this was cool? Paul. Besides Paul. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Russ. Lyrical geniuses, I tell you. This song is called Danger Us. <laughs> <laughs> this song is called Danger us <laughs> danger that that's the ultimate of dad jokes made into a song gene gene come here i've got an idea <laughs> i've got just 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 hear me out hear me Listen. okay danger us that's brilliant no no, no, no gene, right listen, listen, listen danger me danger you danger us let me get Doc on the phone. We need to get a copyright on this. <laughs> I don't know who sat down and went, fuck yeah. Why? Why? I want to know what Kiss fan out there goes, fuck yeah, danger us. That's really cool. That's just so, it, it, I just cringe. I'm, I'm so embarrassed to be a Kiss fan when I hear shit like this. I don't know. One this person. is the point where I'm just like, you know what? No, I'm not, you know, I'm like, I'm, I, 
I don't even know where to go with this. It's it, I had nothing to write. I was just like, this song's called Danger it's, Us. It's moments like this where this show makes me fucking hate Kiss sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why am I even sitting here 30 some odd episodes in? Why? Why? And there's this is what I'm getting. This is what I get at at this point, you know, I was what how many years 30 some years into my fandom? "Quote unquote fandom, yeah. and, this, and this is what you're going to bring me. I will say that this another, is what I have to settle for. Example of if they just took the lyrics off, cool music, like cool little guitar riff that, like cool riff. It's I don't got, see. I don't think the riffs are any and of the even riffs the first riff, the it's it's cool and rocky and riffy. It's just it's the lyrics and the stupid play on words that ruin it Awful. well i mean it's it's it stays bad the it's next, a good riff i like the song musically the next track is called i'm an animal god of thunder part two i mean this I'm is a guy animal. this is a guy who could fart out beatalisms better than most gene yeah we've talked about it a hundred times before you know and here it's like he doesn't care and barely could be bothered can you feel my heart burn? I'm out in the streets. It's just like, I'm, I'm gonna, I mean, if these are generic as fuck. They're super titles, generic. Generic as fuck. Ideas, generic as fuck. Everything about this is just not good. The riffs are generic. The lyrics are generic. I mean, the titles are, I'm an animal. We really? Fuck you. No, you're, you're a, at this point, 57-year-old. You're a year cookie old. monster. You're not an animal. <laughs> but it gets worse because now they're going to be like, hey, you need to write like an ace song, Tommy. Why don't you write an ace song? What oh, would ace sing about? Gee, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Electricity. Uh, electricity. Uh, well, there's that story about how he got electrocuted, right? Lightning strike. Ooh, when lightning strikes. So we got when lightning strikes. Tommy Vocal trying to be ace all across the board. Now, see, I feel like this is them trying to be ace, but they wrote like the biggest 80s hair metal like rock anthem ever. Like, seriously, this is like an it, 80s hair metal anthem. That, I, yeah, honestly, you know what? This is going to be the surprise when here. Lightning strikes. This is the second <laughs> best track. On the record, oh, we'll see. Musically, it's but cool, and that's why I said anything, it sounds like this record sucks. <laughs> we'll see. That's why I'm saying the music sounds like an arena rock song, and which is what Tommy writes. Well, he came from the arena well, rock, yeah, true, 80s true, rock stuff. Yeah. So when he wrote something, that to me is what it sounds like. I, 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 can, I, yeah, I, I tell any like listener, that. I can see that. I make tell any listener ignore the fact that it's a Kiss song. Imagine it's a Black and Blue song. Imagine it's a Poison song. No, I try, and not, all of to, a sudden, I try not to listen to those bands. So I'm sorry. <laughs> you just, know what I mean. I know. Uh, and then the last track, say yeah. Uh, uh no, <laughs> I was waiting for that. Now I, I was telling Cap this earlier. I think this is the strongest song on the record. Uh, 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 that's another one of those. We're gonna. I couldn't even write anything. I just wrote uh no. This is. I, I, I had no. I was just like at this point. I was so over it. I was like, oh my god. So this is another one of those examples where uh, they walk into the studio one day and they're like, we're gonna write an anthem, guys. You know, we wanted to be stadium rock. Now, I will Let's agree. use this it's, part in the Def Leppard song for the chorus. I will say it's super generic. Let me hear you say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nuh-uh. Super generic. I get it. But you know what? 
since when did we start railing against simplicity? I, it's not a question of simplicity. It's a question of just unimaginative. It? It's it's a question of just stupid. It's a question of they're not even trying. It's like it's like I said. It feels like this whole album feels like it's cobbled together with these half-assed riffs. It's like, well, here's a riff. Yeah, that's good. Let's let's work with that. As opposed to like, here's a riff. Yeah, that's good. Let's let, let's improve it. Yeah, there's no improving. It's just like everything here just feels completely like. And I will also say, this half-assed. Song, this song does sound good live. You know how certain songs just lend themselves to a live setting. Some songs just sound Maybe. a lot better studio. This is one where the chord progressions and everything else it flows really well live. Like it works nice in a live setting, especially like. I when, would, uh, after the solo, Paul brings it down where it's just like the one guitar and the drum, and he's like, you know, people, let me hear you. And, like, and when they kick it. back into the it's yeah with the whole song. band. <laughs> Dude, I'm just saying it's it not- works, though. Like, it, it's of all the songs, it feels like they uh, tried to earnestly put something into this one. We got to get one that has crowd participation in it. This, the, in summary, there, this, this is a dog shit album. This might it's be not good. The worst album they've ever done. Even worse than and their given, 80s. And given the shitty records that we've had to review, it's saying something. Yeah. And like you, I this said, this is worse I kinda, than Asylum? Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Easily. Because I still think Asylum is their worst record. This is this is worse than that. This is way worse. This Let me is see. just this, you know what this I, this is the note I wrote down. Now, Asylum and Hot in the Shade this are This is two an album twos. for middle aged Crocs with Socks guys. They don't, well, they don't they yeah. don't look it's the type of guy that has neither the interest or the taste to discern good from bad. Yeah. And they're gonna blindly just suck it down because it's oh, it's man, you heard that But will song? they? But will they? Well, I, I want to throw this out. I'm just saying that's that's yeah, the KISS fan base. That's who that fan base is. It's a croc with sock crowd. At this point, that's yeah. who they're it's it's mostly middle aged men. What record label bought it? I don't know what label put this out. Oh, it was on Road Racer, wasn't yeah, it? Oh, Road Runner, yeah, Road Runner, yeah. They put out Nickelback and Slipknot records. So you know, Walmart exclusive. I think Road Runner was the distributor. Okay, yeah. but either way, no one wanted this though. So, so that's why I wanted to cut that real quick, being like, "Yes, I get all that," but no one did want it. No one wanted to, to distribute it fully. Well, I can't imagine why, because it was so great. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, the, the you know, for but for their audience base, it's a Kiss product. Yeah, and they're going to consume it. It's good enough, and that's what I'm saying. They've they've bludgeoned their fan base into an apathetic. We will accept it. They, you know, it's my favorite band. I'm going to accept it. I can, I'm, I'm supporting my band. And I can get my. And to me, that's not support. Down the road, You're all, that's 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 willingly, blindingly following in, in in a line. You're not supporting anything if it's if it's you're if it's bad. You're supporting bad shit, and you know. The people that make up the modern Kiss Army are just people I don't relate to, and I don't relate to this music, and I don't relate to this fan base at all. And now bringing up the whole Walmart thing, one, this is when you get your uh, your favorite Kiss product since the seventies, the Kiss M and M's. This came out during this album cycle, mm. and uh, do we want to talk about the bonus discs? Yes, I will get there. We'll okay, get, we'll get there. Uh, but you mentioned the Roadrunner thing, or that it was distributed through Walmart. Yes. Um, but it's on Roadrunner, and okay. Roadrunner is a subsidiary of Warner. Mm-hmm. So they've jumped from 
I guess Mercury so, got picked up by Universal. You know, they were on Casablanca, got picked up by Polygram, got put on Mercury. That got picked up by Universal. Somewhere that's mm-hmm. falling apart. So I forgot. And to they're check back to at see. Universal again now. Yeah. So they're, they're like swinging back and forth. They're taking what they can get. You know. Um, they're not getting those Bruce Springsteen, Neil Young publishing deals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get, well, I mean, they've already sold their catalog. That's yeah. true. Um, but yes, to add insult to injury here, we're going to get a bonus <laughs> album here. Oh, yeah. Where the, they've uh, re-recorded an entire album of their old material for reasons. To use their rights. songs for, uh, yeah, rights. Right. Yeah. Because exactly rights. what you just said, they sold their they music don't rights. Have the, they don't have the rights to the original. That's so fucking bizarre to me. Well, you know it's not who just has Kiss, the, You know who retained the rights to all their original shit, and it's because of their management team that they had back in the 70s who were thinking way ahead of the game? Cooper? Aerosmith. Oh. Aerosmith, that makes sense. Aerosmith owns the master tapes. Wow. Which is very unusual for bands. And then, see, people don't understand this. When you get signed to a record label, you're an employee of that record label. They own everything. And and Aerosmith is like one of a tiny handful of bands that they were like, put it in their deal that after 20 years, the rights to their master tapes would return to the band. Yeah. Were they conscious Which of that is, when they initially signed? I, I don't know if the band was, but their management was. Mm. And But that's why in the 80s, you saw this rush of like, classic Aerosmith stuff because their record company was about to lose the rights to it and so they just started flooding the market with as much shit as they could and that's why they were able to use Walk This Way on the Run DMC track or I don't know Aerosmith podcast well I'm just I don't know but I I just know know that you know but Kiss didn't you would think that Kiss would have figured out a way to have done that for themselves the only other band I can think that really do it and again this isn't even this band's uh, podcast but Metallica Metallica did the same thing. They own everything. Well, they yeah. just got their. Well, they're a way uh, bigger band. Back, right? They would probably be able to go back and and and, and legally go whatever the ramifications are. Yeah, but I think they've like, got even over way ten years ago they were bringing it with up. Way stronger management and way better representation than Kiss ever had. But you're talking about for the rights. I mean, you're like, talking about a band that plays stadiums. Kiss is not a stadium act. But like with Kiss, not in America anyway. They had to, you know, Tw- Twisted Sister did the same thing. Scorpions did the same thing, where they uh, re-recorded their classic song. Yeah, to use I in think, TV shows yeah. and commercials. Rock band, Guitar Hero. Yeah. Sex Pistols did so it. So I guess Cooper. then I won't, I don't think it's fair to call this wholly unnecessary. I guess there is some sort of. For n- money. But it's just so fucking cheap. Probably it's so the, bad. It's not even good sounding versions of that material. It's and no not. matter how good those guys can play, it shows the delineation between the classic lineup versus this lineup. I don't care how good these guys can play. I don't give a fuck about the, that. The voices. Take, take that shit and fucking blow it out your ass it's not just it has way much more to do than how good you can play it has a lot to do with what you put into it and the band that put in that shit on the classic shit is you know that may not they may not be the musicians that these guys are but fuck all that noise they had a vibe of feel and energy and a spirit and and an identity that was unique and gave them something that was special that was a shining diamond of a of a time and this is a fucking hunk of fucking coal that is fucking (laughs) they were also working against themselves to a point because i went I've not listened. I didn't listen to the re-records leading into this. There was no fucking point. I get that, but I did. But they, I do have like some memories of like some odd things that kind of jumped out at me during the initial listen. The only things of note I can really point out is one: they did a version of "Hotter Than Hell," so it's kind of interesting hearing a studio version of "Hotter Than Hell" that's like really clean. 
So that's just an interesting thing of you mean note. as opposed to the original. Yeah, because it's so muddy from the second album. See, but that's all part of what I get. I, it, I get know. it. I'm just saying it's something of note. But the other thing that's interesting, and it falls into exactly what you were talking about, Russ, of it being so devoid of passion. When I heard they were doing the re-records, I was interested a little bit. Not because I wanted to hear what this era sounded like re-recording the songs, but how are they going to re-record them? What would the re-record sound like? Is it going to be the current band's version of these songs? What else would it be? No, it wasn't. These songs are note-for-note Copies oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see of what you mean. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. So it yeah. wasn't like the current lineup just playing right. these songs in the studio. With, they were trying they to were doing mimic their, yeah, they were doing exactly. their interpretation. I get you. And it felt so stiff and yeah. weird because, like, for Dr. Love, they're trying to mimic those exact guitar bends and the. Yeah. It sounded so off. Christine 16, the piano comes on, comes in wrong. Like it doesn't like it's like programmed in, so it's like an exact timing thing. On the record, it comes in a little off. So now they're trying to like mimic the offness, and it like comes in stilted and weird. I was made for loving you. Sounds like like someone's like free program on their computer well, recreated the sound they effects. Use that, what do they call that with the where they they take the drum pattern and then they they block it out in perfect time. Uh, when Probably they quantifying, quantizing, or quantizing, or quantizing yeah. whatever I'm they sure. call that. But no, it's like. But if you yeah, listen like, to all, all these that, songs, all, samples, or probably maybe, too. Or, or you wonder if maybe he's just so precision that he's just got no feel at all, and maybe he's I'm not sure the great all, drummer everyone I'm sh- says he I'm is. I'm sure it was all that on the is, click track. That, we got a table. That's a possibility. If he's got no fucking feel, he's got no fucking feel. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he's not Peter Chris. Peter Chris had fucking balls. Sorry. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> all right, keeping it going. In keeping with the recycle vibe. We oh, get, and sorry, auto tune everywhere. Oh, auto tune right. everywhere. That's the thing too. Like we talked about, Paul's that killed vocals. me. Like Gene, both Gene and Paul's vocals on record are awful. Yes, yeah. like Gene's voice is auto tuned. Like I've heard the man sing live; he doesn't need it, but his voice is even tuned up. It it sounds horrible. Sorry, I just no, you're right. It's it's, it's weird. I remember when this album came out, and uh, my friend had it over at his place, and we sat around, put it on, listened to it. Gave it like one good listen, and we're like, "Yeah, all right, let's put on something else." Yep, <laughs> that's that's about the, that was the long and short of the experience. Well, and keeping with the recycle vibe, they get they get uh, Michael Duray, who created the iconic rock and roll over album cover to do the album cover art for this. Um, my personal response to this, looking at it, is it's not anything close to the same thing. It's not good. No, that is is a terrible album cover. I mean, I don't. It doesn't. I don't like capture I mean, that. It, it kind of matches capture, the vibe I mean, of the music. It, the, when you've got the title of the album bigger and splashed out, much greater than you do the four faces of the individuals, you know, you're doing it backwards. It's completely backwards. And, Until, and, and I'm going to discount the idea that it's not really Peter Chris. Not really. I mean, discount that. Those four faces should be way larger than their than the I fucking agree. name of the title. You know, you know what? It just hit me. I was like really looking at the cover and like thinking on it from a brand new perspective. You know what this looks like to me? A 1990s 
$10 radio you would purchase. The Sonic Boom <gasps> radio. But the color or a scheme. video game. Yeah, or like, but like, think about the 90s, like the mm, late 80s yeah. and 90s color screen. The black background with the color yeah, squirrels and yeah. the zigzags. Yeah. That looks like some cheapy thing you would buy off the shelf that was like a radio or some shit. It's like a PlayStation 1 Crash Bandicoot game or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's, it's like, what? No, I, I agree. Again, and, and Russ, like, how does that also hit with you? Knowing the guy that created probably your favorite album cover out mm-hmm. of almost any band, right. at least in your top five favorites, has now turned around and also made that. So it's not just the band, but like an artist that yeah. created well, something so striking. Said. I mean, to me, it's just backwards. They should have. They should have made the. You know, the, the what works for the rock and roll over album cover is it's centered around the four faces. Yeah. In in the in the I mean. Each person has like their own slice, basically. Yeah, and it's a cool visual graphic, and I get there to that. It's just backwards, you know yeah, what I mean? I agree. I, yeah, I don't like it. I, I, I was, or maybe that was their very thing. Since the faces were front facing, we have to have something else, so we don't have an entire rip off. Well, no, I, I still it does, you don't have to rip it off, but you need it still needs to be more pronounced. But that's you know. I think they would have done good to get a Ken Kelly back to do yeah, like well, a big drawn out. That's what they should have out. done from the get go when they did. We talked about that it was Psycho Circus. What a terrible concept all that turned out to be. Um, but hey, look, this album debuts at number two, the highest peaking position yep. of any Kiss album ever, which is crazy. But it doesn't last. It sells one hundred eight thousand copies that week. Now, back in the 90s, 108,000, I mean, Metallica was selling 100,000 copies a day. Yeah. So it's a little different still. This is, and granted, this is in full physical blown. media isn't selling like it was mm-hmm. at this point. And of this course, it's completely decline. gone now. This is like where it, where just the music business is like shifted all together. Yeah, this was this probably point. the lowest the music industry's been in a long time. Like it's not even as low now as it was then. Oh, is it not? Like 100,000 in 2010. I think it winds up winds up selling two hundred thousand by the end of its run, which is nothing to sneeze at for two thousand ten. Even yeah, but you know? that wouldn't have even. I mean, that's. I mean, no, but that's like chump change compared yeah. to like you were saying Metallica numbers in the early nineties. So, but it debuts at number two, but then it immediately drops. Yep, mm-hmm. drops, drops, which goes to show that they have a rabid fan base that's going to go out buy it. Out of curiosity, probably more than but anything. But there's not a there's not a that 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 fan base that they play shows to or trying to play shows to don't buy Kiss product. Yeah, they're paying to see a show. Um, there are vinyl editions issued in five different colors. Mm-hmm. This is according to the Kiss FAQ. That's right. And has since been it's- bootlegged, but. Sh- I, who? Why? Huh? I can explain that one. So, can, <laughs> so the bootleg a fucking shitty album. Like so Sonic again, Boom. like Cap was saying, this was at the very like bottom end of like physical media really being a thing. Well, when they pressed that, they did I think you know one for each of their main colors: red, purple, green, and blue. And then I think there was a standard black as well. Uh, those were primarily sold through the Kiss FAQ. Not Kiss FAQ. Kiss Online website, the colored ones, and Walmart stores got very, very slim pickings on the blacks. There wasn't a lot of them made. Because of that, they went for buku amounts of money on the collector market. Because you have to remember, there is a completely separate era of this fandom that cares nothing about the music, that loves just the images, well, that like just the imagery. Kiss. Yeah. So. 
just because it's a rare album, they want it. Right, right. So the bootleg community started really coming into play because they're like, oh, if people are wanting copies of this, well, fuck, I know a guy that'll make me 50 copies of the red one. sure there's more than that, but yeah. But you know what I mean. There's people just trying to make a quick buck on it. Well, they go on tour to support this album. It starts in May. May 1st is what I've got, 2010 in Sheffield, England. And they play 36 shows uh, across Europe, including uh, appearances at several open-air festivals, namely the Rock Amring. Is that how you say that? Rock Amring, yeah. In Germany on June 3rd, in Hellfest in France on June 20th. They still do insanely well on those European uh, festival runs. This is where I've got the Eric Singer starts singing Beth. We mentioned, I think, on the previous episode. Yeah, that's why I was curious. I was like, I didn't think it started happening that Mm -hmm. earlier. So, but, no, but I'm just saying it goes to show they're letting them sing the signature songs of the guys they replaced. They have no shame on that whatsoever. You would think that at least on this tour they would have Tommy singing the song off of his record, but yeah, or Eric singing, Eric singing his the song. song off of it. No, no, no. Final date of the European run is at the Grass Pop. Is that right? Grass, Grass Pop, Pop Metal yeah. Meeting. Huh. I don't and know. And now I will say, like, during the set, they shake it up a lot. Like, during, like, Gene does his blood routine during I'm an Animal and shit like that. Like They, they played that live? Yes, they play I'm an Animal live. They played a lot of stuff from Sonic Boom I think they probably Boom were live. trying to prove some of this out while they're on the European Festival thing, I guess. I don't know. And, I, they uh, do a lot of these festivals. And as I mentioned earlier, brand new costumes for the very first time since the... I mean, do you really consider Creatures of the Night new costumes? Because they kind of piecemealed things together. And then the no, Elder was kind of... new costumes. Okay. Yeah. Well, sin, first costume since 82. And it's kind of interesting. Although, I do have to say, the photo shoot they decided to do, the background, really looks like an abandoned uh, department store. Well, that's just one of the... I mean... I'm no, sure that was did, the main photo yeah, shoot for the, uh, for the album. It, it really it. just looks like an abandoned shopping about mall. Something. You're talking I mean, about... You're, you're talking about a visual that no one can see on a podcast. They so. can look it up. Well, they, look it well, up. Okay. Well, yeah. Look it up. Well, well, they pro- look it up. Well, they probably had, uh, you know, were trying to meet some everybody's schedule up to a point, too, and that's the best they could work with. Yeah. I don't know. It just it always just struck me odd, like looking at those photos that really looked like they were posing in an abandoned shopping mall or like a store. Yeah. It's just like the yeah. white lines just look like all those little uh, hooks that should be on the walls and like the mirrored yeah. things. It looks like a depan- dep- department store. Well, the final <laughs> date of this <laughs> European run is uh, in Belgium on June 27th, Grass Pop Metal Meeting Festival. Yes. Uh, the tour resumes. Res- even I can't talk anymore. The tour <laughs> resumes stateside July 24th in Cheyenne, Wyoming at the Cheyenne Frontier Days Rodeo Festival. Yeehaw! <laughs> this is going to be the the State Fair and Rodeo Festival tour. I don't I don't <laughs> this is showing you to me this is a huge decline. Now I understand at this point so-called legacy acts, a lot of them are out on the road, but to me, it's like this is a this is that middle ground between playing theaters and clubs and playing arenas, and and it's where it's like a, decent. It's bankroll. It's where these groups like but where like Foreigner and Ario Speedwagon and Journey have fallen. Blue Oyster Cult and a lot of hair yeah. metal bands too, like your Warrants and a lot and a lot of your uh, you know the next quiet rides. The, the very next day, to point they play at the North Dakota State Fair. 
and I guess it's pronounced Minot. Now, do they have an opening act on this run, or is it just? I, I don't. I don't know. But this story is peppered with several other state fair performances. Uh, they play the Indiana, uh, the Indiana State Fair in Indianapolis on August 9th, the Minnesota State Fair in St. Paul on September 4th. And uh, they wrap the summer run up on uh, September 30th and October 1st with a two-night stand in Mexico City, which learned to love the third world, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they take a break for the fall and winter, so... They're not really. I don't know if it's there's not a demand or what the deal is here for promoters if they have to generate just, demand. I mean, I honestly think they talked themselves into the idea that a new record was the right move and that it was going to like catapult them again. And I think just after coming off that tour, they just went, "Well, fuck." But look at what they do going into 2011. Um, they play March 12th in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Puerto, Puerto, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. But then they come to America on March 15th and they play the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. (laughs) (laughs) No, I understand. This is a big thing down there. Yeah. And bands play it. But still, I've heard it described as, yeah, you're you're playing and it smells like fucking literally bullshit. And I'm like, this, it's what if you're looking at it. Kiss, Kiss playing this? Well, I mean, if you're looking at it, you might as well smell it too. See. Aerosmith isn't doing stuff like this. AC/DC Joan Jett is. is. Well, Joan Jett and Cheap Trick and a lot of bands of that ilk are, are, are doing this kind of run, like your Blue Oyster Cults and stuff like that. They're playing a lot of like weird shit like this and small things like Hard Rock Live in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's but a club kind, date. Yeah, but they're kind of that you know mid-tier band once again. They uh, resumed proper touring, and I guess you'd say proper, in June of 2011 in Everett, Washington. On June 23rd, they toured for four weeks with appearances at several other open-air festivals that summer, like the Sarnia Bay Fest in Ontario on July 6th and the Salmon Festival <laughs> in yep. Grand Falls, Win- Windsor, Newfoundland, Newfoundland, Newfoundland in July 9th. The Moon Dance Jam in Minnesota <laughs> on July 15th. What are All these right? shows? And the Rock USA Festival in Oshkosh Bagosh, Wisconsin <laughs> on the 16th. With White Snake and uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, it's because that's where they've put themselves. Yep. And, and um, do you think that they've just kind of became. So, of course, to us, the fans, we see what's happening and we're just like, eh, we don't like it. But as you've mentioned earlier, the general public isn't watching as closely. So they're not sitting here going, oh, it's Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer in Kiss. You know, that's why we're not going to be interested in this new album. What has Kiss done to cause this? Because if the general audience isn't paying as close of attention and having the problems that we've had, what what's they do, the general how, audience's problem? It, it, how can we miss them if they don't go away? Well, I mean, they did for a good few years. Not really. When they weren't touring. But when they, they were they just releasing Kissology touring, and stuff like that and had Family Jewels. Yeah, well, but well, Family Jewels, even. Yeah, you're was, beamed into their homes every it's, night. It's, That's something new, it, though. Like, Kiss isn't doing anything new or exciting musically or visually at all. They're not doing anything new or exciting. You know, and, and they, they, they played, they shot their wad with the Farewell Tour. 
and they didn't. They didn't do it. Yeah. And I think that anytime that happens, there is a certain suspicion from from an audience that's like, "Oh, well, they of course they didn't go away." Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a lot of there was a healthy skepticism while they were doing it, mm-hmm. and it was fair. It was justified. They just came and justified it. Uh, you know, we've we've seen other groups do it, and now it became to a point where it's become a joke for some groups. And the Eagles do their farewell part one part tours because <laughs> they knew, you know it's a joke we're not it's not a farewell tour yeah so um they just you can only pull the rug on off under from under people's feet so many times and with kiss it's the novelty hasn't been enough to sustain through at least through this era I think they're gonna. We'll see that they probably will rally a little bit going into the second decade of, yeah. the, of this. Of this, but this is but definitely their low point again. It's a pretty enough. low. It's pretty bad low point. They're playing really horrible spots. Stuff that they're, I can't see Bill Coin ever signing off for them to play the Houston Livestock Festival. I don't care how many people there. I mean, it's they a did stadium play the kind Festival. of a thing. That was a different thing when they were young and they needed the publicity. I don't, they don't need hey, that they here. need the publicity now. They need to go away, but they don't understand. Hey, it's like by Bud Light at this least. Is, talk about Spinal Tap. I mean, Spinal Tap has the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the soundtrack album had this mock write-up from a Rockopedia Britannica or something. Right? It's, it, and said, it says shit sandwich. And it says, you know, and it said that Spinal Tap continues to fill a much-needed void. And Kiss are filling a much needed void at this point in their career. It's you know there is no fair weather fan. They don't understand, and that's the point. They don't understand their own relevance at all. They still don't. And the their fan base, by and large, is still people that loved Kiss when they were young, yeah. and they know more about this shit than the band gives them credit for. They're smarter than the band gives them credit for. Well, what do you but think about when Gene Mace comments saying credibility is for schmucks? It's a, he's a fucking idiot. I don't give a goddamn what he says because I mean he. It, it's easy for him to say that because he has none. And but actually, it's not true. He does. He has a he has a sizable amount, which is the irony of it. Yeah. You know, we've talked about you know going into the nineties, all these underground alternative groups all giving praise to Kiss. I mean, it can't. I mean, that was left field as fuck. Mm-hmm. And and where they're at at this point in their history. It's like I said, it's the Crocs with socks crowd. They're these middle-aged guys that are, and they're bringing their kids or whatever. And that's great. That's fine. But But it puts them at the same level as a group like Foreigner, who is a group that tours with literally no original members. And And the people that go see them don't know it. And They don't know. And there's no second wave of underground bands that are championing them, really, outside of the novelty right. of the face paint. But, that, but I'm saying, the, to make my point, the people that don't know that Foreigner isn't Foreigner do know that Kiss isn't Kiss. That's the point I'm trying to make. It's like they don't understand their fan, their fan base is a lot more aware of who they are and what they're about because they were so iconic because they were so titanic because they were so fucking i mean they just whether you know it's hard for me to put this stuff into words you know i'm just saying it's like they don't even understand that they've they've kind of come full circle and they're standing in their own shadow now yeah and you know, especially these days well i mean they, anyone can replace us even me yeah but they can't and that's the point, I guess, is just like, and if they've, that's why they've kind of bludgeoned their fan base and themselves down to this apathetic state, you know, and 
I don't know what's going to turn it around for them. I think that they have since turned it around, which is odd to me because they've gotten progressively worse. Mm-hmm. Paul's vocals are fucking embarrassing. Well, not anymore. He's singing the tracks. You no, know, he's singing the tracks of fucking his own fucking shitty vocals. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. It's embarrassing and it's shameful. But and it just goes and I, that's why I look at their audience and go, "Why are you paying to go see this?" You know, and I've got a friend of mine that's like, well, you know, they played to 100,000 people in the stadium, South America, blah, blah, blah. I, why? Who's, why? They, I, you know, they're not going to do that here. But no, even if they, even if they sell out places here now. And they do. Why? Do who, they really? Who? They honestly do. And it's, huh. I don't, I just, a lot of it just, I'm just confused by the whole thing. And it just goes to show how out of, maybe it's me. Obviously, it's me. I'm completely out of step. And out of out of line with everything else that's going on. But I'm looking at this and I'm just going, God damn it. Well maybe Monster is better. Well we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, Cause, because the it, vocals can only get so much better with uh Maybe it is because I I'll say this going into it. I don't think I've ever even listened to Monster. I don't think I have either. So this will be a this will be like uncharted territory, I think, for the first time. Well, no, there's there's some albums. I thought in the there past. was some eighties yeah, stuff that you I've like never completely. listened to Hot in the Shade before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Going into it, I can't recall them plugging any singles from this album. I don't. Rec- oh, you know, I have one memory from this record at all, which was the, they do the three D cover on. Mm-hmm. It. That's all oh, I know. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of clever, but. But actually, you know what? We'll get into the next episode, but I recognize one of them. Okay. Well, there you go. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. energy drink. If, 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 our, if our audience hasn't completely just disintegrated. <laughs> if we're by not swindled by five listeners by yeah. that point. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we'll hope we hope you'll get to listen to me rant and rave some more. <laughs> oh, the disgruntled kiss podcast. Yeah. It's my favorite. Yeah. Maybe we ought to change the title to disgruntled. <laughs> get off my goddamn lawn. <laughs> and, uh, until next time for cap and Alex, I'm Russ. And this is no time. to turn. Thank you for listening. Please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash something good network.